Hello and welcome to episode 415 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It is my pleasure to be with you this morning. My name is Terrence M. Stanton. We are recording on Thursday, January 19th, 2023, in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us begin by offering up the Thursday prayer to the Most Blessed Virgin Mary to obtain heaven by St. Alphonsus Liguri. O Queen of Paradise, who reignest above all the choirs of angels, and who art the nearest of all creatures to God, I, a miserable sinner, salute thee from this valley of tears, and beseech thee to turn thy compassionate eyes towards me. For whichever side they turn, they dispense graces. See, O Mary, in how many dangers I now am, and shall be as long as I live in this world, of losing my soul, of losing heaven and God. In thee, O Lady, I have placed all my hopes. I love thee and sigh to go soon to see thee and praise thee in heaven. Ah, Mary, when will be that happy day on which I shall see myself safe at thy feet and contemplate my mother, who has done so much for my salvation? When shall I kiss that hand which has delivered me so many times from hell and has dispensed me so many graces when, on account of my sins, I deserve to be hated and abandoned by all? My lady, in life, I have been very ungrateful to thee, but if I get to heaven, I shall no longer be ungrateful. There I shall love thee as much as I can in every moment for all eternity, and shall make amends for my ingratitude by blessing and thanking thee forever. I thank God with my whole heart, who gives me firm confidence in the blood of Jesus Christ, and in thee, and the conviction that thou wilt save me, that thou wilt deliver me from my sins, that thou wilt give me light and strength to execute the divine will. And, in fine, that thou wilt lead me to the gate of paradise. Thy servants have hoped for all this, and not one of them was deceived. No, neither shall I be deceived. O Mary, my full confidence is that thou hast to save me. Beseech thy son Jesus, as I also beseech him, by the merits of his passion, to preserve and always increase this confidence in me, and I shall be saved. May all the words that I speak be so many arrows dipped in the blood of thy sacred heart, O Jesus, to pierce the hearts of all who hear them with love for thee. Amen. And we're continuing the second day uh, of the intentions for the octave of Christian unity. 19 January, the return of separated Eastern Christians to communion with the Holy See. Prayer for Schismatic Orthodox Churches. Let us pray. O Lord, who hast united all nations in the confession of thy name, we pray thee for our formerly Catholic brethren of the East. Mindful of the eminent place they once held in thy church, we beg of thee to inspire them with the desire to occupy it again, so as to form with us one single fold under the guidance of one and the same shepherd. Grant that they, together with ourselves, may be penetrated with the teaching of those holy doctors of the Eastern Church, who are also our fathers in the faith, and submit themselves in all humility to the voice of Peter, the Prince of the Apostles, who so dearly desires to feed the lost sheep and lambs who have wandered from the fold. Grant that the spirit of peace and charity, which is the mark of thy presence with the faithful, may hasten the day in which our prayers may be united with theirs, so that every people and every tongue may acknowledge and glorify our Lord Jesus Christ, thy Son. Amen. Let us pray. O Mary, Mother of mercy and refuge of sinners, 
We beseech thee, be pleased to look with pitiful eyes upon miserable heretics and schismatics, especially those pitiful souls, once united with us in our former community and congregation who have now separated themselves from the true church. Thou who art the seat of wisdom, enlighten the minds that are miserably enfolded in the darkness of ignorance and sin, that they may clearly know that the one holy Catholic and apostolic church is the one true church of Jesus Christ, outside of which neither holiness nor salvation can be found. Finish the work of their conversion by obtaining for them the grace to accept all the truths of our holy faith and to submit themselves to the true bishops of thy church, the successors of thy apostles, that so, being united with us in the sweet chains of divine charity, there may soon be one only fold, there soon be only one fold under the same shepherd. And may we all, O glorious Virgin, sing forever with exultation. Rejoice, O, Ma- o Virgin Mary. Thou alone hast destroyed all heresies in the whole world. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tuum mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostrae. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tuum mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostrae. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tuum mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostrae. Amen. Today, my friends, we're going to take a look at an article entitled Two Disobediences, in quotes, Compared. Two Disobediences Compared by Dr. Peter Kwasniewski, published yesterday, January the 18th, 2023, at 1peter5.com. Dr. K is fantastic, a wonderful traditional Catholic man and also a composer of sacred music. He begins by saying, Take the well-informed young priests of today. They know, thanks to studying Benedict XVI and other authors, that the Novus Ordo has serious flaws and lacunae, to which the TLM can supply remedies. There was, after all, this, quote, mutual enrichment idea, although it tends to flow in one direction, so they set about fixing what is broken. Some try to fix it on a modest scale by wearing an amice and maniple, observing canonical digits, incensing in the old manner, and keeping their eyes down when looking toward the congregation. This, in addition to doing what is already allowed, such as using Latin and chant, praying ad orientum, and giving communion on the tongue to kneeling faithful. Others go further, introducing major tridentinisms. They add back certain silent prayers, such as those at the offertory. They genuflect after the consecration rather than only after the elevation. They say the canon almost inaudibly. They receive the Eucharist prior to turning around and showing it to the congregation. The epitome of this tridentinizing approach was given by Father Richard Cipolla in his A Primer for a Tradition-Minded Celebration of the OF Mass, signifying ordinary form, published at New Liturgical Movement in 2017. In 2018, I defended this approach at NLM in an article entitled Two Attitudes Toward Ordinary Form Rubrics, Kantian Duty, and Aristotelian epikiae. 
The trouble with this last approach, and indeed with some of the earlier modest points, is that strictly speaking, none of it is allowed. It is all against the rubrics and Vatican directives. Notitiae, in particular, stipulated that nothing beyond what is specifically mentioned in the new rite may be done, i.e., you can't import stuff from the old rite. See text here, and there's a hyperlink that's included. So these priests, though undoubtedly motivated by the best reasons, are being, quote, disobedient in the name of a higher obedience to what their conscience dictates as dignum et justum for the celebration of the holy sacrifice. As a result of the foregoing conflict of principles, other priests quite reasonably reach a point where they realize, all that I'm doing is trying to turn the Novus Ordo into something rather like the TLM, or at least with its best features. This is ultimately impossible, and in any case, a thankless and pointless task. Why not just take up the TLM and be done with it? That was the point I made in restoration, not reform, is the only way forward. It should hardly surprise anyone that many priests and parishes that used to offer a, quote, fancy Novus Ordo, switched over at some point to the real McCoy. The traditional elements themselves have a way of pushing one in that direction. Since they all came from the great liturgical tradition and readily cohere together in their proper context, namely the old rite, while there is something exceedingly awkward about a Latin gradual chanted in the Novus Ordo, it fits smoothly and elegantly into the traditional Latin mass. Such examples could be multiplied by the dozens. The quest for the, quote, perfect Novus Ordo is about as elusive as the hunt for Red October, actually more so. Once one realizes that every good Novus Ordo, quote unquote, is a result of about a hundred moving pieces having been put together in just the right way by several individuals, all of whom could change at a moment's notice, and once one intimately experiences the old Roman rite as something permanent and beyond messing with, then one is brought to the certain knowledge that one path is a dead end, the other a highway for our God. Some priests will, in due course, arrive at a certainty deeper than mathematical or metaphysical certainty. I can't abide that travesty, and I'm not leaving this treasure. In the era after Traditionis Costades, these priests are likely to be told at some point that they are, quote, not allowed or no longer allowed to say the traditional Latin mass. But they know that the war against the TLM stems from ill will and lacks legitimacy and that no Pope or Bishop on earth has the authority to abolish or prohibit what was and cannot cease to be the immemorial liturgical rite of the Church of Rome. So these priests will continue to say the TLM come what may. They will be banned for their quote, disobedience even as all conscientious objectors are blamed for resisting structures of sin. But they know in their conscience that they are acting in the name of a higher obedience to the common good of the church and of the people of God, which is inseparable from the offering of the holy sacrifice of the mass and of the other sacramental rites in the way that is dignum et justum. Let us now compare these two scenarios. Is not the second disobedience more coherent and more defensible than the first? The first, which makes a custom house blend of novus et vitus elements, is hard to justify within the context of a liturgy already radically changed 
by its ideological innovators and political abusers, a liturgy already non-liturgical in its optionitis, quote-unquote. The second, however, is easy to understand and to justify because it is founded on the solid rock of a praiseworthy, supremely venerable Lex Orandi. There is a certain willfulness or arbitrariness in the first scenario that is absent in the second. In the first, one could ask a priest, by what authority do you make this or that modification to Paul VI Missal? And any answer he might give would sound subjective. There is no objective way to know if a Novus Ordo has become, quote, traditional enough, or reverent enough, or Roman enough. In the second scenario, one could ask him, but what authority do you offer Mass with the old Missal? The answer, by its inherent goodness, rightness, fittingness, authenticity, due to its continual reception and approval by the Church of every century in the course of its gradual growth, culminating in the Missal of St. Pius V, canonized in quo primum, a missal and a mentality that was handed down faithfully through the 1920 Aditio Typica. This answer would be as objective and as stable as the endless reformatory experiments are subjective and unstable. There's a curious passage recorded only in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 8, verses 22 through 25. Jesus is healing a blind man, and instead of healing him all at once, as he often does other times, carries out the healing in stages. Some people brought to him a blind man and begged him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. And when he had spit on his eyes and laid his hands upon him, he asked him, do you see anything? And he looked up and said, I see men, but they look like trees walking. Then again, he laid his hands upon his eyes and he looked intently and was restored and saw everything clearly. It was only when our Lord laid his hands upon the man's eyes a second time that the man's sight was fully restored. The initial cure was partial. The definitive cure took another round of divine work. This parable could be and has been given many possible and compatible interpretations, but it strikes me as an apt allegory for the two stages described above. The man in need of healing is the modern Catholic, and especially the modern cleric, blind to tradition, to reverence, to beauty, to continuity, even at times to truth itself. The Lord begins to heal this blindness, but the first step, conservatism, is still a topsy-turvy world where things are not as they seem, where, for example, a novel liturgy, the modern product of a modern committee, is treated as if it were traditional and in continuity with tradition. In the patient divine pedagogy, the Lord completes the healing. At last, the man looks intently. He is restored. He sees everything clearly. Such is the priest, such the layman, who is given the grace to look intently at the way things at the way things really are, who is restored to his own inheritance, which he then seeks to restore for others, who sees clearly where the call of obedience should and should not take him. And there is um, a footnote here that I would like to read as well. 
Professor Kwasniewski says, it's true that there are aesthetically appealing celebrations of the Novus Ordo. I myself spent over 25 years as a choir director doing my utmost to elevate the Novus Ordo with chant and polyphony. I did this simultaneously with providing music for the TLM. The difficulty is that the smells and bells dimension is only one layer, the first and most obvious. The second layer is the very content of the rites in their texts and rubrics. At this level, a profound difference appears between the old and new forms of the mass to the point of making it impossible to maintain they're just two versions of the same Roman rite. In spite of Benedict XVI's rather clever canonical move to declare them so as a temporary band-aid. When a person realizes that the Tridentine rite has authenticity, which I would define as never being able to say exactly when and where the rite began, as it is a continuum from the midst of early centuries until the 1950s, and the Novus Ordo does not, since it originated quite obviously with the Concilium in the period 1963 to 1969, with the committees of experts through whose filter everything had to pass. He loses whatever appetite he may have had for the reform of the reform. So ends the article. We need to restore the Roman rite, my friends. Of course, only the Pope can do that, and we can pray for the day when that happens. If you have never been exposed to the beauty, the reverence, and the mystery of the traditional Latin Mass, please get to it. No matter how far you have to drive, and it can be a diocesan TLM. It could be the priestly fraternity of St. Peter. It could be the Institute of Christ the King. And it can also be the Society of St. Pius X. Please remember, the priests of the Society of St. Pius X are not in schism. They are not heretics. You are free to go to them for confession. You are free to go to the masses that are offered at a Pope St. Pius X chapel. I'm blessed to be living in a county where the only TLM of any sort, uh, diocesan or any other, is in the very town I live in. Takes me less than 20 minutes to drive to the traditional Latin Mass on Sundays and holy days of obligation. I pray that that continues. If it doesn't, if at some point the bishop or the next bishop or whomever no longer allows the TLM in the diocese, well, then I'll have to seek out other options. But please, even if you have to drive half hour, 45 minutes or an hour, get yourself to the traditional Latin mass. You will never, ever regret it. And if you're uh, a parent, your children will thank you for it one day. Let us conclude by offering up prayers for, uh, for hope and for healing. For those non-speaking friends and family members that we have, as we mentioned, Helping Autism Through Learning and Outreach, located on the web at halo-soma.org. And I also want to mention episode 277 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast, in which I discuss rapid prompting method with my niece and my sister. Rapid prompting method, RPM, a system of communication for non-speakers, just as sign language was a revolutionary breakthrough for the deaf, RPM is the same for non-speakers. So please get that website out there, share it with people, halo-soma.org, as well as episode 277 
of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast because communication is a human right. Daily Act of Consecration to St. Joseph My Father and my Guardian, I give myself entirely to you, and to show my devotion to you, I consecrate to you this day my eyes, my ears, my mouth, my heart, my whole being without reserve. Wherefore, O good Father, since I am your own, keep me and guard me as your property and possession. Amen. Almighty and eternal God, healer of those who trust in you, through the intercession of St. Raphael, Archangel, hear my prayer for non-speakers and their families. In your tender mercy, restore them to spiritual and bodily health that they may give you thanks, praise your name, and proclaim your wondrous love to all. I ask this through Christ your Son, our Lord. Amen. The three Hail Marys in honor of Our Lady of Fatima's Immaculate Purity. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tua mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora per nobis, peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tua mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora per nobis, peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tua mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora per nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostrae. Amen. And a Gloria Patri for a special intention. Gloria Patri et Filio et Spiritui Sancto, sicut erat in principio et nunc et semper et in secula seculorum. Amen. By thy pure and immaculate conception, O Mary, obtain for me the conversion of Russia, Spain, Portugal, Europe, the United States of America, Canada, and the whole world. Virgo potens, ora per nobis. Sancti Joseph, terra daimonem, ora per nobis. Sancto Raphael, archangeli, ora per nobis. In nomine Patris, et Fili, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Thank you very kindly, my friends, for listening to episode 415 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. In your charity, please share Our Lady's podcast with everyone you know. You can follow us on Twitter. The handle is at Fatima Podcast. All the shows are archived there as well as on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, just about any place you listen to your programs. Most importantly, please pray for the conversion of our Catholic bishops and offer up sacrifices for them. Goodbye and God love you.